So in an ideal world, you and I would get up out of our chairs and we'd go and visit everyone who has the opportunity or potential to buy from us, right? That's not, that's not realistic. But what we can do in our marketing is talk to them in a way that hits them between the eyes, that gets them sitting up and paying attention, which is brand awareness, um, which is getting them to like us, trust us, and at the end of the day, at some point, hand over their hard earned to us. And, you know, so the more you can personalize your marketing, the more you can be empathetic in your marketing, then you are going to be setting yourself up for success. They say that small business is the lifeblood of our economy. And if that's true, then the heart that keeps that blood pumping is marketing. And in this episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, I'm speaking to the host of Australia's top rated marketing podcast, the Small Business Big Marketing Show. His name is Tim Reed, and he's got a lot of wisdom to share with us in this episode. So let's get on with the show. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. And in this episode, which is episode 123 of the show, I'm excited to be joined by Tim Reed. Now, Tim Reed is the host of Australia's most popular marketing show, second only, I assume, to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. And his show is called The Small Business Big Marketing Show. Now, over 480 episodes of his show, and I've been listening to his show for quite a while now, a number of years. So I'm excited to bring Tim on as a guest the show today. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about video marketing, yes, but we're also going to talk about just the challenges that small businesses face in marketing their products or services in today's digital age. Marketing, to be honest, has never been easier, but it's also been never more overwhelming than it is today. And we really unpack this further in my interview with Tim today. Before we get into the interview, just a little bit more about our guest today. Prior to launching his podcast and his his personal brand and speaking career, Tim was a marketing manager for Flight Centre and spent 10 years working at Australia's largest advertising agency, looking after the advertising needs of companies like Gillette, AXA, Yellow Pages and Dulux. He's now built a global audience of motivated business owners in over 110 countries and he's authored the book, The Boomerang Effect. Tim's show, The Small Business Big Marketing Show, can be found as well as on all the standard places like uh, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and so on. You can also find his shows across all Australian, Virgin Australia, domestic and international flights. He's a podcaster, he's a speaker, he's an educator and he's an author. He is an all-round awesome voice in the world of marketing and I'm excited to bring you Tim Reed from The Small Business Big Marketing Show. All right, Tim Reed, welcome to the podcast. Ben, finally is all I can say. Thank you for having me. And uh, may there be some value in there for your listeners. I have no doubt that there will be value here today, Tim, because as I mentioned in the introduction, now I've been listening to your podcast, The Small Business Big Marketing Show, for 
a number of years now. Um, I can't remember how long, but definitely three, four years. Um, and you are a podcasting legend in Australia. We'll get to that later. But before we do, for people that haven't heard about you and your podcast, maybe they're not based in Australia. Um, can you tell me what's, what's your story? What led you into the world of marketing and podcasting? I studied, like I left school and went straight into marketing at uni and have been in marketing all my life in various kind of way, shapes or forms, corporate marketing, you know, marketing manager for flight centre, worked in large agencies, all that kind of stuff. But um, it was always the top end of town dealing with big brands like Gillette or Mercedes. And what I did find during that time, Ben, and this is decades ago, um, when I spoke to a small business owner, um, they were very... um, they loved the advice I gave them. They actually acted on the advice I gave them. Mm. And it was a really nice feeling. And I know that, you know, the smaller end of town struggles with marketing a lot more than the big end. Lack of knowledge, lack of time, lack of money. Um, and so I sort of got thinking, how can I make a quid and a decent living from dealing with the small end of town, which wasn't, is not easy. Um, and that's where podcasting came in. Um, and as a result of that, now I speak at a lot of conferences that have audiences of small business owners um, on behalf of bigger brands and things. So that's kind of how I got into what I do now. Um, the, the Small Business Big Marketing Show came around in a kind of unusual way. Um, I'll cut the long story short, but about 11 years ago, I came across this thing called a podcast. I, listened, yeah. I was just scooting around the internet and I found this show, which was about a topic that I had a particular interest in. It was free to listen to. I could listen to it as often as I wanted. And it was done by this guy on the other side of the world. And I thought, this is unreal. Like, not only can I now listen to stuff in my own time that is of interest to me, but I, it also raises the opportunity that I could have my own show yeah. and any small business owner could have their own show. And... Um, I was I got the opportunity to use a studio down in Melbourne, um, which never thought I would, and all of a sudden the show was born. And ten years later, here I am. The rest is history. Yeah, yeah, cool. I mean, and you've what over four hundred episodes of speaking to small business owners about what's working in their marketing and really unpacking those case studies. You yeah. would have you would have learnt a lot and heard a lot. And yeah. you know, I'm interested yeah. to hear from you from your perspective. What what is good small business marketing look like today? It's a big question for you. Yeah, well, yeah, and a step back from that, Ben, is that marketing still troubles most small business owners. And if yeah. I mention the word to them, generally the aisles will roll back or the you know they'll be like, oh, geez, marketing. They've all tried it. They don't necessarily know what it is. They might just think it's advertising, which clearly it's not. Advertising is a very small component part of something much greater. Um, and they're freaked out about it. They might have tried some ads on Facebook, they might have been to a networking event and, and, and generally they might have failed at it and therefore it's kind of like, uh, I'm not going to do marketing. Yep. Um, so my view is um, one thing I've learned from having interviewed today, as of today 400 and like 486 successful business owners, one thing that there's a number of things that link them but one is their respect for marketing. One is the fact that although they might not mention the word hobby, they talk about the marketing of their business as if it were a hobby. And mm. when something's a hobby, um, time disappears. You'll find time to do it. You'll find the money. You'll find the resources. You'll find the energy to do it because it's fun and marketing should be fun. And that's kind of the spirit of the Small Business Big Marketing Show is that, is, is to say, hey, marketing's 
a necessary thing if you want to grow or scale your business. Um, and marketing is something that should be fun. So don't do it as an afterthought. Put it in your diary just as you would put the meeting with your accountant. That's boring. Um, or anything else like diarize your marketing. Yeah. What I love about that and the idea of marketing should be fun is that for so many people when they're thinking about marketing, they're looking at return on investment. They're looking at how's this going to earn me a quid. And when you think about your marketing as being fun and enjoyable, that becomes less important. And what that actually results in, in my experience, is it it actually leads to more successful marketing, which does get a return on investment when you're not focused on the return on investment. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And there are some, you know, today we live in a world where return on investment can really be quite easily quantified if you're talking about pay-per-click advertising like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads. Um, There's a lot of ways you can actually quantify your marketing, but there's also a lot of ways that you can't quantify your marketing. I mean, the best marketing that I do for my business and my brand is podcasting. And I've been doing it for 10 years and it has resulted in so many unbelievable opportunities, whether it be simply just building an audience um, and getting traffic to my website to creating an entire keynote speaking career. You know, I've had online forums. I've been able to sell um, um, training products off the back of it. I mean, so whilst I couldn't quantify like directly how podcasting's gone, I can certainly say that there's a whole lot of opportunities where there's a direct line between podcasting and whatever the opportunity was. So I think with marketing, if you're the kind of business owner that wants to quantify everything, you're going to do your head in. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the difference, I believe, between what we call advertising, sales and marketing, which is often about brand building, right? My favourite definition of marketing, Ben, is it's the quickest way to a sale. Um, and it's what you do when you can't go and see someone. And I think marketing is a lot about mindset. So if you think about what, okay, so I just said marketing is what you do when you can't go and see someone. So in an ideal world, you and I would get up out of our chairs and we'd go and visit everyone who has the opportunity or potential to buy from us, right? That's not, that's not realistic. But what we can do in our marketing is talk to them in a way that hits them between the eyes, that gets them sitting up and paying attention, which is brand awareness, um, which is getting them to like us, trust us, and at the end of the day, at some point, hand over their hard-earned to us. Yeah. And, you know, so the more you can personalise your marketing, the more you can be empathetic in your marketing, then you are going to be setting yourself up for, for, for success. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about this idea of what you call the boomerang effect, which is the title oh, yeah. of your book as well. So yeah. what, well, what does that mean? So the boomerang effect is um, the more you invest into your marketing, uh, the more it will return multiples. And I don't mean just invest from a money point of view, but again, time and energy and put the love into it. And it will return multiples, not just in the form of more inquiry, more brand awareness, more sales. That will happen. That's just going to happen by default of great marketing. But your boomerang effect, and everyone's boomerang effect is different, the boomerang effect will result in other amazing things happening in your business. So for me, my boomerang effect has been that through being helpful in my marketing, um, and that's that my podcast is my major way of being helpful in my marketing, I have then created an entire keynote speaking career, which I never, ever, ever, imagined when I started my podcast 10 years ago. Um, Now it's a major 
revenue stream for me where I get to speak at conferences, run workshops, I get to MC conferences, facilitate panels. Um, so that's one aspect. Um, for the last two years before moving into state, um, I was lucky enough to be part of a national radio show. I always wanted to be on radio, but finally, again, direct result of my podcast. Um, I was tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, would you like to, you'd like to be part of this radio show? Um, so many other opportunities have shown themselves and that's the boomerang effect in action. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I see that in my own business too. And podcasting is as one of those methods of, of putting out there as well. And, and what's come back has been un, you know, unexpected and surprising yeah. and, and hugely valuable to me as well. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to hear from you how you see this idea of the boomerang effect playing out in video marketing. So the in investment that people perceive they need to put into video marketing, sometimes they want to see that direct return on investment. Mm. And the idea of just putting it out there and it'll come back yeah, to yeah, you, know. you know, is kind of a little bit, a some, little bit people tricky. Trust, yeah. some people will trust that other others won't yeah you know um but video marketing like anything whether it be video or podcasting or blogging or social media or whatever advertising whatever it's the same it's like video is a channel to market video is a medium that lets you get your message across and one of the things if people want a place to start in order to see in order to start their boomerang effect i talk about the concept of being helpful and I think this is massively underutilized in marketing. Too, too often, business owners want to cut to the chase. And I get it. I get it. Like as, as a business owner, you just want to say, hey, can you please buy from me? Yeah. And, and as a result, you, the messages that you see, whether it be a 30-second ad on radio or TV or a little ad in the local paper or whatever it may be, because you're limited by space in those mediums, you do cut to the chase. It's buy now, buy soon, closing soon, end of financial year, Christmas specials. It's like, it's, you know, it's like, and there is a role for that, but I call that push marketing. Yeah. And there's absolutely a role. And if you can spend a dollar on push marketing and get two back, then awesome, keep doing it. But there is a role for pool marketing, which is, which is an example of pool marketing. It's helpful marketing where you pull people towards you by being helpful and a great place to start and video plays a great role in this, a great place to start is go and identify every single question that you have ever been asked by a prospect or a customer and go about answering each of those questions. Um, and if, if video, video is one way of doing it, and off the back of that, create a knowledge center on your website. So, for example, it could be, you could call it a knowledge center, learning hub, learning center, whatever you want to call it. But basically behind that primary navigation button on your website is every single question you've ever been asked and an answer to that question. And I don't just mean a, a, a quick answer, but like a nice, rich, detailed answer that helps your prospect make a more informed purchase decision. Yeah. And the, if you want to get really specific, Ben, one question, one detailed answer per page of your website. I don't want to see this long, frequently asked question kind of page. I want to see. Um, so let's say, give an example. If you're a if you were you're a video guy and you're talking to a financial advisor and trying to get them involved, or an insurance broker, or a real estate agent. Let's use a financial advisor. They could have a knowledge center on their website, and it could be broken up into categories of superannuation, shares, debt, all these all these subcategories of things that they get asked by prospects. Behind superannuation, there might be a question, 
do I need a self-managed super fund? And then if I were to click on that question on the financial advisor's website, best, best practice would be I go to a page, it has a video of that financial advisor answering that question. So now I'm seeing the financial advisor, I'm hearing his or her voice, I'm developing trust and familiarity with them. And then what you can do is you can repurpose that video and rip the audio out and place the audio there. You can get the audio transcribed into a Word document. So now I've got pictures, um, audio and words. That's great for SEO purposes. Um, and that becomes a very, very helpful page on a website. Now extrapolate that across 100 questions that you get asked often. Now you're talking. You've got an asset on your website. Yeah, I think there's so many important things that you've hit on there from a marketing perspective, both from an, an audience optimization perspective. So I talk about the difference between search optimization or algorithm optimization and audience optimization. You've kind of that strategy that you've broken down there, which is very simple, really hits on both. So audiences mm -hmm. want to learn from people, you know, people buy from people, particularly yep. in the professional services space, like the example you use of a financial advisor there. You you want to know who this person is, right? You want to get mm -hmm. them and trust them and like them. Um, see them, right? Hear from yeah, them. Probably. But then so from an audience perspective, that's a win, right? And you're providing value to them, helpful content. But then from an algorithm optimization perspective, the way you break down the content into transcriptions, into basically a blog article, and I think critically what you said there, the fact that it, you're putting one answer on one page, which yes. is right up Google's alley. So, Well, let's just, just understand that for your audience uh, because, A, that just makes sense. It's user-friendly. And Google basically are just representing, are representing how we think. You know, they're not telling us how to think, although you could argue that they are, but <laughs> they're basically just trying to give you what we want, give us what we want. So if you've got – it's worth understanding this. Yep. At, at Google's head office – they've got a bucket for every search that's ever been done. And I don't mean this literally, I mean it metaphorically. But if the, and there is a bucket at Google's head office that says, um, do I need a self-managed, do I need a self-managed super fund as a small business owner? And in that bucket, there are all the pages of the web that, that try to answer that question. And the page at the top is the page that Google deem as the page that best answers that question. And so, therefore, a great page is going to be what we just described. It's going to have video. It's going to have audio. It's going to have words. It's going to have links to other pages of your website because that's how you hold people on your website and Google like that. Um, and the, the upside of that, and there's a limiting belief around this concept, Ben, is that, oh, yeah, but there are businesses with much bigger budgets than me who can do it much better. Google also um, like to... Um, give rewards to local businesses. So there was an update called the Penguin Update to their algorithm, which basically said we'll, we'll reward local businesses. So, again, they're going to try and deliver a search result um, that meets that, that is from someone in your local area, a business in your local area. So, yeah, it's worth understanding that concept of how Google works. I think to add to that as well, because that's really, really valuable, and you can go right down a rabbit hole when it comes to algorithms um, mm -hmm. and, and so on, but... Critically as well, Google's algorithms are based on this idea of expertise, authority and trust, you know. And so what we're talking about there by providing helpful content and using video, which it gives higher trust signals as well, yes. is you're really playing into all of those things of, of positioning your, your website as a source of expertise from a place of authority yeah. and delivering on trust. 
And, and isn't that an awesome thing that we can do as small business owners in today's day and age? Because I come from an advertising background of years gone by where working at a big agency, everything cost a fortune. And it was really just in the realm of, you know, if you wanted to do a corporate video, I mean, I reckon I was responsible for corporate videos that cost 250 grand back in the day, which yeah. now you'd be shooting on your iPhone, right? You know, next to nothing or getting someone like you or your people listening to, to put something together at a reasonable price that allows yeah. us as business owners to consider that as a marketing strategy. And I think that's unbelievably exciting. And I think the idea of a business owner being able to position themselves and no matter how small and no matter what industry you're in and how competitive it may be, if you choose your niche and they're really clear on your niche, that may be an inch wide and a mile deep and owning that and being the opinion leader, being the thought leader and using video or audio it's it's a pretty amazing world we live in these days yeah absolutely and you know i guess the possibilities are, are kind of endless i'd love to hear from you from from your experience of maybe people that you've interviewed on the show could you have some good examples of helpful marketing perhaps even interplaying with video marketing um, of mm. people that are doing this well in a small business case yeah, there's a great um, – I've had Darren on a couple of times, but there's a fellow, Darren Finkelstein, who owns – and I like this example because it is – it's about a micro business. And if Darren can do it, anyone can do it. So um, Darren used to own a company called St Kilda Boat Sales and he sold it at a good price because partly because of the helpful marketing that created was an asset. St Kilda Boat Sales is a two-man boat show in Victoria that bought, sold and serviced high-end motorboats, okay? Mm. Darren marketed that business using video to start with. What he would do is he'd go down to the foreshore. He had his, his office was at, in a marina. Every Thursday morning, he'd go down to the foreshore with his um, iPhone, a $60 lapel mic. He'd put it on a tripod and he'd do the weather report. Right, and he'd explain how the weather, what's what the weather's doing for this weekend, and how it's going to affect your boating. He'd upload that video to YouTube, and then grab the code, put it on as a blog post on his website, and then email it out to a database of eight thousand people, which he'd smartly built up over the years. That's a pretty good thing to do for any business owner is to capture email addresses. Off the back of that, Darren built up a following. He got traffic to his website. Um, which then converted into inquiry and often sales, and it built a profile for him. Um, and he did that every Thursday for, for years. Off the back of that, his boomerang effect started to happen. He got more sales. In the first year of doing it, he was 35% up year on year in a pretty tough market selling and servicing high-end motorboats. Um, off the back of that, he got a phone call from the local uh, 3AW radio station, which is the big talkback station in Melbourne, and Channel 9 News. And the phone call said, hey, like when something like, hey, Darren, we've seen your videos. We, would you consider being the Beach and Bay reporter over summer? Now, Darren's got no media training. He is a, he's in a two-man business. He's just trying to be incredibly helpful. Long story short, he became the Beach and Bay reporter for 3RW um, and he's still to this day that, even though he sold some killer boat sales. Um, off the back of that developing profile, he then writes, started to write books because he developed a bit of a confidence in that what he had to say was helpful and people who wanted boats also would appreciate a book. So he wrote a book called Honey, Let's Go Boating. <laughs> he wrote a second book called Honey, um, what it was, Honey, oh, Honey, Let's Buy a Boat, 
honey, let's go boating and honey, let's sell the boat. <laughs> three balls. Um, so all this off creating some pretty helpful video and developing a profile. And again, that's just, and Darren, and then he got asked to speak at conferences. He became a spokesperson for the boating industry association. So this is kind of like, and didn't cost him a whole lot of dough either. Yeah. I love that. I, I'm interested to hear from you. Look, I'm I'm 100% on board with that strategy, but I yeah. do get people pushing back to me sometimes when sharing this kind of idea of particularly like what you talked about there around that unintentional result of building a profile and then being on the media and, you know, putting himself out there and writing books and becoming a yeah. personal brand, right, um, which can be a result of the boomerang effect in action. What yeah. would you say to those business owners out there that are, pushing back against that and saying, but I don't want any of that stuff, you know, like I don't want to be famous or I don't want to be cool. in the spotlight. Play, uh, don't play a bigger game. Keep, you know, be happy with your lot though. Don't complain. Don't complain Fair if enough. business is down or if you're struggling with marketing or, you know, um, you know, not everyone wants to build an empire. Not everyone wants to have a, a personal brand as well as a business brand. Not everyone wants to stick their head above the trench. So I, I totally, I get it. Um, horses for courses. If you're one of those business owners that's listening and going, well, I kind of do, but I'm a bit nervous or I don't know where to start or there are people smarter than me, my view is like get over it, get out of your own way because it's actually not about you. It's about helping others. Yeah. And if you can kind of take that mindset of I know a little bit more than the people who potentially could buy off me and if I share my knowledge, then... I'll help them and they'll trust me and they'll become less price sensitive because I'm their kind of confidant in the buying process, um, particularly for higher involvement purchase decisions, real estate, cars, holidays, um, accountants, service providers, that kind of stuff, then this, this stuff can really work. But it's not necessarily for anyone and particularly, you know, in what you deal with, Ben, which is video. Videos, videos scary. You know, I'd much prefer audio, you know. I've got a great face for radio. Um, but, um, you know, video, video can be scary. There's certain ways of overcoming it. I've covered that on my show a number of times about, um, you know, how to embrace video, but yeah, it's not for everyone. The other way I see this sometimes playing out is the business owner not wanting to put themselves out there. So they, they try and kind of, I guess, push that responsibility onto someone else within the, within the organization. Maybe, oh, yeah. you know, someone who they perceive as being maybe younger and more technically savvy or, you know, better on camera. What, where do you see that working or mm. not working? Like what, what can be the problem or, or is that a good strategy? Well, let's talk about the problem and then talk about the upside of that. The problem is if that person leaves, you still have the right to use them. So you'd want to get a talent release form signed up front. Um, the problem, yeah, that, that's, that's, the, that's the major downside. Um, but I like the idea of sharing it around. Like, again, that financial planning example that we spoke about, um, you know, my, and I do a lot of work in the financial planning industry and generally the um, – the, the, the principal of a financial planning firm is an older person who has an incredible amount of wisdom and knowledge because they've been in the business for years and for decades. So my first view is how dare you not share it, right? Get out there, create videos, create podcasts, create blog posts, get on social, share your knowledge because it's going to, A, it's a good thing to do and B, you're not going to be around forever and B, it'll draw in business. Um, second to that is that 
there may be people within that financial firm and everyone else, you're not a financial planner, extrapolate this into your own industry. There's people in that financial firm that are specialists in superannuation, that are specialists in debt, that are specialists in single um, people's wealth creation. So draw on that experience and have them create content that speaks directly to that kind of topic that they're experts in. Um, I like that, sharing the load around. But again, just get clear on talent releases and get clear that, um, you know, I remember doing a video, I won't mention the brand, this is decades ago, where we did a, a, a video for a big, a big national, actually global brand. And the two people in it were from within the business. And those two people decided to have an affair. <laughs> right. And then one of them left the business and said, I don't want to be seen in that video with that person. Um, please rip the video. And we had no leg to stand on because actually wasn't any talent releases signed back then. And um, so, yeah, you run the risk of that. But um, I like the idea of sharing the load around. Yeah. I mean, for me, like why I also like that idea is that, again, it comes down to that idea of people buy from people and then within your organisation, depending on the size of your organisation, they're not necessarily always buying from the business owner. They're not dealing with the business owner in every single uh, interaction with that, no. that brand or business. So if you can empower your people to become personal brands within their own, within the, the bigger corporate brand, so mm -hmm. there needs to be some guidelines and some expectations and so on, I think yeah. it's a really powerful thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Cool. I just want to wrap up here to just encourage people to go and have a listen to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. Go back through the archives and Great maybe idea. all 486 episodes or whatever <laughs> it is and get a bit of Tim in your life. But um, before I let you go, I'd love to hear from you. You've been podcasting for, a, what is it, five years now or more? Ten. Wow. Okay. I'm not doing the maths right there. 10 years. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Weekly podcast for 10 years. So you would have learned a lot in that time. What would you say is your biggest takeaway from, from what you've done over that period of time? I think, I think what I mentioned earlier is have a total respect for marketing. As a small business owner, just as a business owner generally, don't flick marketing aside as something you'll get to and do when you don't have any other, when you have a spare moment, because you'd never have a spare moment. Marketing is really important. It's, you know, it's as important as, you know, doing your books and anything else that you have to do to run a business. Um, have fun with your marketing. The, the people that I interview do, not only do they have a respect for marketing, they have fun with it. Um, and, you know, let's be clear that marketing is everything from running ads to joining the local chamber of commerce and networking to getting on social media to, you know, pretty much everything you do to put yourself out in the marketplace and get the attention of a prospect, that's marketing. So um, I, I think that's really important. I think in one of the, it's an overused term, but I really love it is customer experience. So if you, again, as a business owner, I think a great exercise to do is map your customer's journey through your business from the moment they come into contact with you to the moment they buy from you and post-purchase. And all the way along that that line, if you like, are moments of truth when, again, they come into contact with you. It might be your voicemail. It might be a video they see on the homepage of your website. It might be a social media post. It might be a signage. It might be a, your uniform. And every single one of those moments of truth is an opportunity for you, you, the business owner, to make your prospect go wow. So have fun with that exercise. And, um, again, we've covered that a lot on my show. Um, but the, the big one is just a respect for marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's it's just way too important to ignore. 
I love it. Respect for marketing. And that's the big takeaway I want people listening to, to take away as well and to think on that and how that's reflected in their business as well um, as we close out 2019 and move into 2020. Tim Reid, thanks for joining me on the show. Where can people um, listen to your podcast and maybe Mm. grab a hold of The Boomerang Effect, your book? Sure. Um, so the show's called the Small Business Big Marketing Show, and they'll find that on any podcast catcher they use, uh, or they can go to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com where they'll also be able to buy the boomerang effect. Awesome. Thanks again, Tim. I appreciate you. Good on you, Ben. And so there you have it. Thanks again to Tim Reed for joining me on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I would really love to hear from you what you found and what you took away from this episode today. Reach out to me anytime, podcast at engagevideomarketing.com or hit me up on Instagram. I love people sliding into my DMs there and, and having conversations with you guys, the listeners of the show. You can find me at engage underscore Ben on Insta. Let's make sure we connect there. Now, if you've got value from today's show, as always, I'd love a rating and a review on Stitcher or on Apple Podcasts. Head to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes, and that will make it easy for you to just jump in there and leave a rating and a review. It's, I seriously appreciate any feedback at any time it helps me grow this show and reach more people just like you now we're coming to the end of 2019 and if you've been listening for a while i want to thank you very much for being a part of the engage video marketing community here in the next few weeks you're going to continue to hear episodes each and every tuesday from from the podcast but over the next couple of weeks we're going to actually be diving back into the archives and I'm going to be bringing back to you some of my most popular and in fact my most favourite interviews of the last year. This year has been a big one for the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. We've had some amazing guests and it's been hard for me to choose which ones to bring back to your podcast catcher over the next couple of weeks. But as we move into the holidays and we start to wind things down for the end of the year, I think it's a great time to reflect back on some of those amazing episodes. So Stay tuned. Join me next week as I share the first of our replay episodes. And until then, keep being awesome. Thanks again for listening. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience towards the ideal action through effective and powerful online video marketing. Bye for now.